everybody. Welcome to Black and White Conversations. We had a little time off because of COVID and we couldn't sit on my couch and make fun of puppies and blunts, but we are doing it remotely. I miss you guys terribly, Lucas and Hanan. Um, we miss you. We miss you. But Hanan sees a lot of people, so I am <laughs> boycotting her. Just <laughs> oh, we're boy. <laughs> Hannah, you shut the show down. Well, here's, I, I've seen the same people that I've seen throughout throughout the pandemic. So it's my cousin, her kids. No, nope, nope, that's not true. Travel. Your mom traveled in, your ex-husband traveled in, then he went to Vegas, then he came back. So maybe you've seen just a few people, but who have they seen? That is true. So, And then right when I was going to come over yesterday, I saw your cousin parked behind your garage. And who knows where he's been, or your nephew, I forget. But... <laughs> Now I'll take it another five days before I can see my friend. I'm very lonely, Hanan. We are all lonely. Thank God for this crazy dog knock on wood. Oh, seriously. I'm not lonely, but I'm looking forward to some alone time. Yeah, you, you have had a lot of just entertaining people. And it does get exhausting when you can't go out. You, you can't leave your house and go to like a restaurant or anything. So, I mean, I, I get it. It's a lot of work, but... We need to we need to have our happy hours again. So you need to stay away from people. We can do it like balcony to balcony like we used to. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean the COVID cases the COVID cases are I mean, they're worse than they've ever been. It's it's absolutely insane. I mean Hanan, you cannot <laughs> you can you never want to believe it. 13,000 new cases in one day. 177 people died in one day. I I understand the stats, but at the same time, I really, I really feel honestly like I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking the precautions that I feel are good for my family and I. We're safe and healthy. So obviously I would never put anyone in jeopardy and I'm careful. I don't invite people over or you know people who come over they know what i'm doing they know where we are and it's but do you know where they've been that's the question like i know i know where my cousin is i know what's happening so it's just you know Mm, i'm still gonna i'm taking a pass still (laughs) i know but i miss you it's a problem yeah i know I'm doing a good job now anyway, so. <laughs> oh, good. I, 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 you know that I heard when we get the COVID vaccine that you're not allowed to drink for two weeks prior and then in between the shots, because you have to get two shots, you're not supposed to have any alcohol either. So, I'm, yeah, I'm scared. <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's an antibiotic type of, of vaccine, huh? So, you can't drink on antibiotics, can you? Yeah, they, well, they said it's, um, they just want your immune system as healthy as possible, and alcohol suppresses your immune system, as does weed. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. When, do they do, when do they do that research? However, I mean... <laughs> I don't know if I'm even going to take the um, vaccine. I just yeah, I don't. I don't. I probably my kids will probably have to take it because they have to go to school. Yeah. So, but otherwise, if they didn't have to take it, I don't know that I would vaccinate them. Yeah, I feel like I'm really glad they're doing it in Europe first, so we can find out what all the side effects are. That sounds really mean, but I don't care. Yeah, because even generally vaccinations, I'm not really for them. Unless I have to, unless they have to to get them in school. But other than that, I don't really do flu vaccinations. I don't do anything that I don't have to do. Right. To my body. Well, you guys are celebrities, so you, you, you'll have the plug on where to get the clean vaccine from, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about, Lucas? 
You, we all know the select. Look at Magic Johnson. I'm leave it alone. All right, all right. Yeah, I'll leave that alone. Let's talk about uh, Brandon Bernard. Ooh, wait, Brandon. Yes. Um, you know, I'm a little ashamed because I didn't know as much as I, I should have known. But this, they, yeah. Well, so uh, apparently, so Kim Kardashian West, as we know, she's like doing, you know, helping with prison reform and all of that. Um, and she was hoping to help this guy get off of death row. Um, but I was, so I was reading about it. So this guy was involved in a kidnapping and he kidnapped, you know, these two people. And one of the people involved in the kidnapping was, was the shooter. He wasn't actually the shooter. He didn't kill them, but then he put their bodies in the trunk and set the car on fire. And during the trial, he and the shooter were sentenced to, sentenced to death where everyone else was just sentenced to long prison terms. And they said that he showed no remorse. And um, recently Kim got involved and she was hoping to get him off of death row. And um, I don't know, what, what are your feelings on, you know, capital punishment and this situation? So, I mean, I think that to talk about it in that context, like he was 18 when this happened. He's, he actually was in prison longer than he actually was alive. And there's so many issues with the death penalty yeah. anyway that it's like to look at the Brandon Bernard situation, you have to really look at the, at the justice system. Yeah. I mean, did, did he deserve to die from a mistake that he made at 18? And if that is the case, then how come, again, justice is not distributed equally. And, you know, and that's the issue. What about reform? What about all the good that he's done since prison? He was helping prisoners. What about the fact that he, he did make amends? He did, he, he did apologize. All these different things that happened. And he so, had, so, and he had you know, young, a young family, right? He had, he had a daughter. I, I read, um, I don't know how, I just personally don't, I don't believe in the electric chair at all. I, right. I grew up not really believing in capital punishment, but I do you think that if, you know, the punishment has to fit the crime? Um, I, I, I just don't know. I, I mean, lethal injection's probably the, the, the nicest way to go. I, I think it's painless. But I just, you have to believe that, that some of these people can reform. But on the other hand, you know, the family that lost these two people, they're, they're, they wanted justice. You know, they... Yeah, I get that. But even, let's say, the, the prosecutor on that case was fighting to overturn the sentence. He was advocating for Brenda's life. Some of the jurors said it wasn't right. So people who actually made the decision 22 years ago yeah. were saying this shouldn't happen. So obviously, if they're, if they're advocating for this man's life to be saved, there is something seriously wrong with it. Yeah, I can't believe that they just went ahead with it without, without, with all of the publicity that it's getting and I mean, I wasn't even aware of it until, you know, I read it on TMZ and then I started looking it up and I, I feel horrible for, you know, I, I just felt horrible for his family. I, I feel, feel horrible for the victim's family and I understand them wanting justice, but he's not the person that, that pulled the trigger. He was involved in this kidnapping when he was a teenager. Oh, it's just, it's heartbreaking. And, and you know, does that mean that when people are in prison that they, you know, they can't change? Is that what we're saying? No. I, the, the crazy part about it to me is it's the hypocrisy. Of it. I mean, either 
Either we don't kill people, thou shalt not kill is the reason I thought we were, we were putting people on death row in the first place, or, or, or we were putting people in jail because it's not right to kill. But somehow, I don't know how they twisted it to make it okay to kill. I mean, I just don't understand. I just don't, I don't think we should kill. Certain states, have, certain states have the death penalty. I don't know. Is California one of them? I don't know. Probably. Yeah, my uh, I I don't I don't know where I stand. Like I want to put myself in the other in the victims' families' footsteps, or you know, in their in their minds, and say, you know what, you took these people away from me, and they lost their lives, so you should lose yours. But then you're 18, and who doesn't make mistakes when you're 18? Um, the other piece was that there was new evidence found that he actually might not have been responsible for Stacy's death. Stacy was the name of the victim. Yeah, no, they they said that he wasn't the shooter. He was. He wasn't. No, he wasn't the shooter. But they said at the time they said he wasn't the shooter. But the fact that he lit the fire. And he, he lit the fire. They initially thought that she died of smoke and, and she died of smoke inhalation. But that's not true. The new evidence said that she was medically dead at the time of the gunshot, which means that Brandon's actions did not kill her, which means that he wasn't a murderer. Right. Which means that he should have the death penalty. Yeah. We shouldn't kill. I don't, I, yeah, I don't think, kill. I don't. Yeah, we should, all, all of that, all, all of it is wrong, but at the same time, that when, once you have the death penalty involved, there's no chance for rehabilitation, there's no chance to correct a mistake, there's no chance to make amends. But then also, our prisons are, are way overcrowded. We, you know, we're, we're just going to pe- put people in jail forever. And for the rest of our lives, and we're all, you know, the taxpayers are paying for it. And I don't like what we, we can't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't I don't think anyone should deserves to die. I feel like you. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Like It's our country. I mean, let's keep it real. Obama had a chance to save this guy, too. I know. So and it wasn't like they weren't. Petition Obama. They petitioned. Um, I can't remember the um, the girl's name. Uh, she was the female. Both attorney generals and the Department of Justice denied it. I mean, this is a this is United States of America. I mean, red, white, and blue. Yeah. To a certain extent, you got to gangbang this color. I mean, you don't get to live this life we get to live over here and and not and be so proud of it and be such a part of it. I mean, it's crazy. You know, this country. Almost this week, trying to overturn an election. I mean, <laughs> I on an experiment that we started six hundred years ago. That we we we've been killing people and convincing people for years that this is the route to go about. And I don't know. Yeah. They were killing, and Trump is rushing it. But it, Obama did the same thing. So what happens in this country when we have the most rational president in the history, probably a president still rationalized? You know, killing people. Yeah, but and, and I think that part of it is that you know this country is about being pro-life. How are you pro-life when you're killing people? Right. I mean, like we're pro-choice. We're well, we're pro-choice. I don't know. I mean, I'm pro-choice. Like I, it's, pro-choice and pro-life. Pro-life, pro-life is that you shouldn't kill anything. Abortion, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely. I've had an abortion, so I'm pro-choice. You're pro-choice. I've had two. What? You had one too, <laughs> Lucas. Yeah, I went to, you, I don't know why women assume men don't go through it too. I mean, nobody wanted to have the abortion, but at the time, it's, it's like the best idea. No, to, uh, of course. I was 17. Know. It was like, it was a complete accident. There was no way I was ready to have a child, you know? Mm, not at all. 
I, but now, you know, I, I think before I don't have any chocolate, so you, then you have to sit back and say, oh, you fucked it up. <laughs> but no, uh, I just tried to lighten it up a little bit. I was get, it was getting heavy. It was getting heavy. heavy. Well, I'm yeah. saying, like, I, I, yeah, I guess it is heavy. We're talking about life and death. It, you know, it is heavy. I mean, well, I can tell you from a life experience. If I'm, I, when I was, come on, dog. Lucas, um, what are you doing jingling? What's jingling back then? That's my dog chasing me around the house. He won't let. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. So <laughs> when, I was, when I was in like the ninth grade, I had a cousin. You know, in the south, you have so many cousins that you don't even know about. You got her pregnant? <laughs> no, this is about life. No, I'm just joking. Sorry. And she was a cheerleader at a college in my local town and um, at a local college. She got kidnapped, killed, and, they, and the dude stuffed her legs into a, um, into a center block and threw her into the river. Oh my God. So I remember they called the guy, everything, and, and it, it was a big thing in North Carolina at the time. And I remember, I never heard my parents talk about um, – he should be killed and or so that I think that's what, it was late in the early life that he, just because somebody killed somebody doesn't mean you kill them because you know in North Carolina they were ready to string him up yeah but uh, my parents were against it it's lasted with me now I remember that what made me feel like I feel I experienced it she didn't feel like we should kill this guy so it, it seemed natural to me because I learned it at such an early age right that. You just don't, but I guess when you get older and everybody gets more sophisticated thinking. Well, I mean, I think we are like, you know, my mom doesn't believe in the death penalty. She's been very against it my whole life. My dad is the opposite of my mom. And he's like, if you kill, you should be killed. And I mean, we are like, I think it's, we're divided. I just, this person didn't, didn't kill anyone. And then he was 18 and I just, I can't believe they went through with it with all of the media attention. I can't, I just am in shock that they didn't look at this more closely and they just, just killed him. Well, I mean, I think he's one of like nine in the last month and a half or something. I think they want, I think Trump wants the attention. I don't understand. Some people, this shit makes people feel good. It really makes certain Americans feel good to know that that was carried out. I, I don't, maybe somebody, what do you, I, I don't understand that. I have no empathy for a person who wants to feel good about somebody being killed. I, no, I feel bad yeah. for the family. They, they definitely, they said that this is what should have happened, but I, 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 we can't put ourselves in their shoes. I mean, imagine if something happened to one of our kids, Sinan, how, what would you, I mean, if somebody, like God forbid, somebody, you know, one of our kids' lives were taken, I would want that person dead. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, okay. you, no, I you. you like, I believe you. I believe you. I would actually and probably I, kill that person myself. Like that's how. With your bare hands. Yes. Oh, snap that fucker's neck. <laughs> because you have to put no. yourself in their shoes. Well, and that's what I'm saying. It, it was a grisly crime, but does the punishment fit the crime? And then again, back to the large issue. He was a tenth death row inmate of 2020. Yeah, there it was. No, before. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, let's. So that and that that was an especially grisly and violent murder. If you read the, all the all the details of the report, at the same time, though, like, at what point? Like, we talk about reform and rehabilitation, second chances, and being pro-life right where do those christian values and morals really kick in or are they just for show 
Because if God is the ultimate judge, then, then who are we to kill another man for his crimes? Yeah. I don't, I mean, listen, I, I, I don't know. That's why I think that, obviously, I think it's great that we're all starting this conversation. But, I mean, don't we, don't we vote on it in each state? I think so. Let me see if California has a death penalty. Let's see. I don't think so. I know. I know. Our governor was tweeting against it last night. Oh, really? He, yeah, he said it was immoral um, and it should be abolished. Like he, did, uh, Governor Newsom has very strong uh, opinions against the death penalty. He said again, it's based on the rich and the guilty can get away with it, and if you're poor, yeah, like you, you, you poor and innocent people don't have a chance. And it goes back to the like the cash bail thing, and all, I mean, it's all right. connected. It's all. Like, we want reform, but then we're killing people. Right. Some of us want reform. I mean, it's just this, this thing. Woo. I mean, well, it is legal in California, but Governor Newsom in 2019 had a moratorium against executions. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm on the fence about everything. I just, I definitely don't believe in the electric chair. I think that is cruel and unusual punishment, regardless sure. of the crime. I just, I... I don't know. I think that's horrible. I mean, I, I'm shocked that they still have that. Well, right now, there are 700 prisoners in death row in California. Wow. Right. That's a lot of people. Yeah. So, so what? So we keep them in prison forever, and we, as the taxpayers, we are, you know, we're paying for them to eat and for them to live. And I don't know. <laughs> That's not exactly true because a lot of a lot of federal prisoners are also providing free labor in different areas for the state. So, for example, the fires in Northern California were a lot. A lot of the volunteer firefighters were actually inmates with the correctional system. Oh, I didn't and know that. Yeah, they don't get paid for that. Well, they shouldn't. They, yeah, but I'm saying they well, should get paid for that. It's, it, I'm on the fence about that because what happens is you are paid pennies on the dollar. For doing, for risking your life, and you kind of, you kind of have to. There are a lot of they're, they're, what they call that is modern day slavery at this point. Oh. you're forced to do this work without any payment, and you're actually like literally fighting fires. Really, has to the situation you're you're not allowed to get paid, and you can't get out. You don't even doesn't really. So there, there are some. But but it's getting, I mean, before we get away from the firefighter, you're right, Brandy. A lot of people felt like they shouldn't get paid. Okay, because they're in jail. However, the problem really was when these guys got out of jail, they couldn't qualify for the same work they were doing while they were in jail fighting fires. It right. just recently changed that. Just recently changed. I mean, we got fire season after fire season. These cats were fighting fires, you know, learning the skill set. Yeah. But when they came out of jail, they couldn't. They couldn't go right back to the area and apply for a job. Well, that's the that's the that's the hard thing. Like you, it's so difficult for these. Once you know the reform has happened and they get out of jail, no one wants to hire them, and then they go back to crime because they have to take care of their families. And I mean, a lot of the time, that's what happens. Well, I mean, that goes back to systemic private prisons. When you got one prison in the middle of some country town in, in Northern California that everybody works in the prison, you got to have somebody coming into these prisons. Talk about San so Quentin? Not, uh, all of them, all state prisons, all these prisons in the state of California across the country are private, meaning people are trying to make a profit with these people. Wow. So, I mean, we've got, we've, judges have been caught, like just, you know, sending people to these prisons. It's a prison meal. So California's guilty of it too. Anytime you can come out of jail for years and you say, well, 
If they're in jail, they can't work on fires, but you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean it's all fucked up. I mean, the whole, the whole, <laughs> sis, the whole system of everything is fucked up, but we all allowed it to get here. I mean, hopefully now with, you know, we have somebody new coming in to lead our country, we can, we can look at this a lot closer. Um, but, well, you know, now that this, the election's over, you know, you know, this little facade many of us Democrats had to play, you know, just to make sure we, you know, it's not like I voted for Biden. What? Biden's not, <laughs> no. You didn't I vote just for voted, Biden? I voted against Trump. That's all. I didn't vote for Biden. And, you know, I'm very sick on this. I mean, I have to pray on this every night. Listen, it's the lesser of two evils. Like, that's, I mean, we didn't really have a choice. And really. Well, maybe God works in mysterious ways. Maybe he saw this was the only way to get out. A woman into the presidency. Yeah, I mean, she's the first woman, and she's um, biracial, right? Yeah, she's a woman. I, I mean, know. Just roll the die. What would happen if a woman was president? We'd all get. Well, that's fine. What would? I know. I'm down for the experiment. What would happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, I mean, as an African American male, it can't get any worse than a white male. I mean, that, I mean, they inherently just use us to death just to keep everybody scared. It, Maybe a woman could come in and calm everybody the fuck down and like, yo, put a fucking mask on and, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're still, time. we still, it's, we're still in like the old white, um, what do you call it? Like the white man still. Yeah, I mean, I, there was a man out there, I, I said to my mom, I was like, yeah, at least we got it, at least we are, we got it back to the racism I was raised on. God. That is a so, that sucks. You ever seen that one? It, it says like at least we're back to the old races that we were raised on, the kind we were raised on. Oh god. Yeah. Is it like the devil you know versus the devil you don't know? Right. Yeah, and, and then I would talk shit. Look at his his yeah, it's diversely old. No, but I mean, they're, they're, way, they're way too old, these people. I don't understand why <laughs> we have like I think you should not be able to be a president if you're over 70. It's like I'm sorry, and I don't think you should drive either. Sorry, mom. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm back to, you know, let's, let's keep it real. I'm not going to sit here and be, yeah, Biden's not good for, Biden's good for keeping that 76 million people who voted for Trump from, from riding. I mean, he, he's, he, that's been his goal. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Obama announced Biden as his vice president. And we were all going like, why Biden? is to make the good old boys feel comfortable that they have somebody watching right. his brother running this country. And that's how it was at the time. Biden was nobody's hero. I was like, well, Biden's, nope, Biden's never got out of the primary. Well, you know, he, he's always been the Democrat who's more like a Republican. Well, I think this is like a good you know, segue to-, to go into the Black Lives. No, seriously, <laughs> because we have to talk about, you know, the Black Lives Matter right now. I feel like it's in a holding pattern. Um, but I do think that Biden, he, you know, did you see the cabinet and it was all females that he picked all diverse backgrounds. And so I feel like there is change coming, but I, f- don't you feel like it's at a standstill right now? Well, I think people have to realize that the government is a really slow moving ship. Like picture those huge ships on the sea. They, they can't turn the a dime. So it's, we, we have a, a ways before we're going to really see progress. And so with that, it's like, it's, I don't know what people are expecting, but when Biden hits office, like things aren't going to just switch just like that. It's, it's going to take the whole four years to really see any kind of real um, shifts 
and the politics and, and the things that are wrong oh, with the country. Because we're in such a hole right yeah. now. Like we, we have to get out of this hole for, you know, our, our economy, for every, like, he's got a, a big job ahead of him. I just, I just yes. don't want to see this movement that it really did. It was, a, it's like the, the biggest movement for Black Lives Matter. I don't want to see it at a standstill. I feel like we still need to be talking about it. And, and I don't hear people talking about it right now because COVID has kind of taken over. Trump has taken over with, you know, not accepting the election. And I'm, I'm not seeing people, you know, I'm not honking on Ventura anymore. Like, I just don't want this. I don't want COVID to lose our momentum with, with changing the systemic racism that we've always had. I don't know. I, I, I do see that happening just because there's so much fear right now in the media. That's all I was talking about. Numbers of this, numbers of that. So I do see that happening because it's just, I mean, unemployment rate, people are back at home, not working. There's so much going on right now that it is, Black Lives Matter is taking the backseat right now because the whole country is, is sort of shut down again and just li- literally counting the death toll. Except for a house where it's always a party. And it's almost Christmas, so I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, I wish. I, mean, I don't. I don't feel like the government can really tell you like who to have in your house, and so it's sort of like yeah, they can. Are we? Are we shooting? Are we live now? We are live. <laughs> oh yeah, the government can. What are you talking? That kills me. Well, I can have in my house. Uh, the government told my ass because I was sitting around moving marijuana around the country that I had to sit in the jail for 22 months. I had no choice about that. So when you have to follow rules, you have to follow rules. There's no in between. That's the problem. We got, I mean, some people, I mean, that, I mean, it's for people like me who've been locked down, told you, lost their freedom. I know how important and how precious freedom did you really get paid, is. Did you get paid However, when you were in jail to, when, did you have a job? Oh, shit. I worked in the okay. kitchen. Which, because I had a college degree, they had trusted me near not. <laughs> However, uh, uh, I was paying like, you make about 18 cent, 19 cent, okay. enough to have like maybe like $20 in USD at commissary. Right. Maybe. And you work, for, I'm talking about you work like get up at five o'clock in the morning, eat breakfast, and go straight and work. To, and you work, and they got real things in there. Like, I was at one place where they were making furniture. I was at everywhere you went, they were making stuff. And then they sell us stuff like a bottle of hot sauce that cost you four dollars. Oh, a twenty dollar budget. I mean, it was crazy. Honey buns would be, you know, four, three dollars. It was, and then it created a underground thing in, in jail where we were selling. Um, it was yeah, crazy. I mean, it was like a barbering and trade system. Like, how, like, yeah, stamps. What and, about and cigarettes? Because I know we all know that you know. I was on the tail end of cigarettes, which now I think I, when I was in federal, that was like 2001 and two, you could still smoke cigarettes. You couldn't smoke cigarettes at the, on the state level, at the federal level, you could, but they, they were, I mean, it, they were taking it out. They were taking weights out. This is not somewhere you rehabilitate. This is somewhere we hold you and you're worth $50,000. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Each, a federal prisoner is every, that was 10 years ago. So with inflation, we're probably spending every bit of eighty-five thousand dollars, ninety thousand dollars a year on each federal prisoner, from from all those camps all the way up to the uh, what's called. It's big money. I mean, but let me try to go get a loan for ninety thousand dollars right now. Let me go borrow. Oh, hell on, no, we can't trust you. 
Well, I don't dollars. think anyone's getting but, loans right now. Like, I don't know. Like, it's our economy is fucked. Fuck you, Ryan. I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing. I'm, the mic is literally right next to my face. I thought that was my headphones. My yeah. <coughs> yeah, I'm holding it right. Can you hear me? Uh -huh. <coughs> Sorry. Look, is he good over there? <laughs> I love this format. <laughs> Oh, the, oh, was that a real live? <laughs> Wait, I don't even know what. Oh. Okay, well, we. we, we right, so. I didn't know we were recording that. What did I just say? You were talking about your state and the, and the feds. Wait, we, gotta, we had a yeah, Lucas, yeah, okay. Lucas section. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I'm just starting to realize that right now when I, when, you know, it was tough to go to somewhere and someone say they closed the door every day. You had to rationalize why am I? Why is this happening to them? Or why am I even allowing this act? Why don't I just grab somebody the next time they come to my door and escape? Then I had to sit back because I had good upbringing. Jail was good for me because I had a proper upbringing, so I could understand what was happening to me. I said, "You broke the rules, Lucas." But do, do you ever feel like it was just marijuana, like, and it's legal now, and you should be? Exactly. Like, I would be so well, the pissed. Man, I mean, the part, the part that always really bothers me about the whole thing, and it's been twenty years ago. That's another thing. Somebody shouldn't. The government shouldn't do something to you that just fucks with your head for for the rest of your life. I am somewhat institutionalized, like they say, but it's not. It is. It, it's just something you, that happens to a person when you put them in a cage. It's just not, it's just something happens to you. So and for me, it was positive. I think jail was the best thing that ever really? happened to me. So Lucas, wait, I'd like to take a break for a second, but when we get back, let's talk about what those marijuana laws look like and how they affect you, because as you guys know, in the next 12 months, they oh are, my God. They they are turning back all the, all the marijuana laws and they are making big changes in the industry. So do you want to- Oh, the MORE Act. All right, so we're going to take a mm -hmm. break and then we're going to talk about getting high. Okay, we are back, and I think that uh, Lucas and Hanan know more about this subject. <laughs> I don't know why. I know a little bit about weed, but let's talk about the marijuana laws. <laughs> well, one of the, the dopest things that's happening in the country right now is that for the first time in the history, since it was made illegal in the, in the early 30s, uh, Congress passed an act, meaning the House of Representatives passed an act that basically... And federal prohibition to marijuana, yet it still gives the states a uh, sovereign right over whether they want to prohibit cannabis. Uh, it opens up, obviously, it opens up banking to to cannabis, which is super right. important because because right now it's a cash system, and um, we want it open where we can really keep it transparent and know who's involved. And as long as it's, it's not being you know watched properly, we don't want the same people who got us where we are today involved. But however, um, it's going to be a mass movement of people yeah, out and of jail. I hope so. Do you think, because I heard that like people that are in jail for marijuana, for possession of marijuana, that they're still going to be like forced to carry out their sentence because at the time it was illegal. And I just think that's stupid. 
Well, that's not necessarily true. So what the what the also what the what the legislation does it decriminalizes marijuana, which has been in California for a while, but in all the states, and then it's going to expunge nonviolent marijuana related convictions. Oh, it is. So it all. So yeah. Yes, so, anything nonviolent is going to go word, away. The key word is nonviolent. Oh, good. So, okay. but it, 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 it means like. For example, it gets kind of weird. It's not just, well, it's, it's good, though. I mean, it's not just like you got caught with marijuana and you had a gun in the car. That would be considered violent. But or, or. Why, why, why would that be violent if just because you had a concealed weapon? I mean, I've, a gun is, uh, a illegal gun is a, a violent, um, illegal, possession of a legal firearm is a violent but, crime. Right. right, if you don't use yeah. it, why not have a legal one? And like, if you're if you're carrying drugs around, you got to protect yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh I'm watching too many movies. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just that's. But for I've been in the cannabis business since 2003, being hot since the ninth grade, <laughs> and. But you got to remember, all those early years, I had to go past the coke guy, had to had to go past the heroin guy, and all the people that they attracted to the block, the block, the block, to find the weed guy. And all we really need is safe access in this country. Just get cannabis away from all the other stuff, and that's, well, that's that a, includes the pharmacy. Well, that's, we that's <laughs> the other piece. Excuse me, Lucas. That's the other piece. Um, they're actually so. There's a list of drugs uh, that call controlled substances. Now it's off that list. So it was classified with heroin, meth, and all the other drugs. It was considered a Schedule yeah. One. Exactly. So now it's not on that list anymore. When did that happen? That happened uh, in November. And oh, no, actually, just, uh, yeah, that happened. That happened the last two weeks. Last week, I believe, oh. December. No, no, cannabis is still Schedule One. Uh, it says that they removed it from the Controlled Substances Act. As part of the new legislation. See, the thing about it is schedule, the scheduling is done by the DEA, which is just an administrative agency in the United States. The, the Congress creates a law. The Schedule 1 is just something that is like a, it's actually, believe it or not, it's just an office memo. Mm-hmm. However, we all respect it like it's the blood law. It, because look how stupid is it? It says marijuana has no medicinal value. That's what a scheduled drug is. I mean, it has no medicinal value, and it has no, uh, and it has a high chance for um, abuse. However, cocaine is, is scheduled too, because eye doctors still use it in some circles. Cocaine. So it does. Yeah. Eye doctors use cocaine. Yes, it, they, that's really what cocaine really stayed around in the game for so long, because that's how eye doctors. Uh, did a lot of I know a few things. ER doctors that use it just recreationally. <laughs> 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 just saying. To stay awake and stay alert. <laughs> just saying. Keep it real. I mean, I mean, it's just true. Sorry. You know who you are, my friends. I love you still. But I just don't say why do they still do cocaine. No. I, I just I, I just don't understand why they still do it. Somebody told me the other day, they still smoke crop rocks. Like, why? I, it was just such a the uh, crack man got him, and the drugs just dropped. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> All right, guys. I think we're going to wrap this up, but I, I miss you guys so much. I miss your faces, miss- and I miss smelling the weed on Lucas, and I <laughs> I just miss you guys. I miss Ryan's handkerchief that he wears around his neck, the little oh. red one. 
Yeah, right. (laughs) Our little puppy. All right. Well, um, (laughs) hopefully this was interesting for some people. I found it interesting, and I think we have a lot more to talk about next time. And hopefully, in a month after Biden takes office, we can see some some. uh, Yes, you said slow change, but some change. Right. Amen. Three more weeks to the new year. So this will be good. All right. Well, I miss you guys and I love you guys and I'll talk to you soon. Maybe we'll do a balcony toast tonight, Hanan. I'm not drinking tonight. I'm on a detox. Great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Stay being healthy. Just being healthy. No, that's good though. No, definitely. Yeah, for sure. All right. I love you guys. Signing off. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs)